May 5, 2023, it's Watt for Pedro Show.
Pedro really Show. Think. Happy Friday. Started off with John Coltrane with Dizzy Gillespie. 1951, live from Birdland, unknown radio broadcast of yesterdays. Then Don Hagen with new rage ambient metal music machine. And because of those Estonian software engineers and their Skype adventure, I got with me. Don Hagen, welcome aboard, brother Don. Hello. We got to give credit right off the bat to Randolph for the connect. Yeah, thanks, Randolph. Absolute. Now, please bring your earliest musical recollection. Oh, um, my household growing up, uh, we listened to a lot of music, um, a lot of, you know, the joke from Blues Brothers, um, both kinds, country and Western, um, but also like a lot, of, um, a lot of rock, a lot of really rock, like Buddy Holly and Elvis. A lot of that I was always always around when I was growing up. Um, That's your yeah. earliest memory is Elvis and old rock and roll. Yeah, and yeah. some country and western. It's all music, right? Fuck genres. Yeah. yeah. So in this pad you grew up, was there musical instruments in the pad? There was not. No. Okay. What about at grade school? Were you in the marching band or the choir? Shit like that. Oh, fuck no. Um, no, and like in grade school, no. Um, I mean, I did make a drum kit out of like old um, like stumps and pieces of wood when I was, a, when I was a, like probably like the second grade. Um, I did get to play in saxophone in middle school and um, ended up playing in jazz band in middle school. Alto, tenor? I played alto and baritone. Baritone? Yeah. Jerry Mulligan. Okay, some West Coast, and uh, did you dig it? You know, it was um, I yes and no. Um, I did dig it. It was really pretty. Like you know, middle school band is pretty shitty, Mike. Um, <laughs> they're trying, trying to turn you into a music player instead of like really an appreciator. Um, I rem I had what was a turning point for me was like when the. Um, older high school kids came over to show us their jazz improv band and blew my mind. You know, there's like these guys who are just a bit older that were like scronking and it sounded awesome. I loved it. And the program you were with was not like that. No, no, it was, I mean, we're still learning our instruments. And right. so, and you know, you've heard middle school music. I mean, yeah. So and also, like between like you and them high school cats, only a couple of years, but no, that stage of your life, a couple of years is big time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I didn't smoke weed yet or had like my first beer or anything yet. So it was a b big difference. Okay. What about the first record you bought with your own money? Oh, the first record I bought was um, the seven inch of I love rock and roll by Joan Jett. Joan Jett. And the Blackhearts. Yeah. Right. And the Blackheart had a bass player look like Darby. Yeah, I remember yeah. those cats. Uh, what about first gig you saw? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's like I've tried, it was probably some local punk band playing at a house. That's good um, enough. Well, wait, take it back. I saw Oregon Jam with Joan Jett actually in the. All right. In, so with um, Joan Jett and like Blue Oyster Cult, my aunt took me. So that was my first big show. But like the show that really made a difference was like the first punk show I went to. I saw Joan Jett when she was uh, 
kind of the leader of the runaway. They they got rid of the lead singer, and she was the main. And then I also saw her. She uh, took over the role of singer for this band called The Gits after their singer yeah, was yeah. murdered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's she's an amazing, amazing person, I think. And, like, you know. She was I really important to the Hollywood punk scene in the 70s. Really important. Yeah. yeah. Didn't she, like, um, produce, like, The Germs? G.I. G.I. Oh, okay. Yeah, that album, G.I. Classic. Yeah, Classic. I love that album. And, man, to see that band while they were practicing to record that album, that was the peak of their gigs, man. They were just so bitch, so beautiful. Sweet. That's yeah. awesome. So, okay, did you ever, that tree stump trap set, did you ever share that experience with other uh, musicians? You know, I don't think I've ever told another living soul that. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I didn't. And, um, and, and the thing, not like after school, like graduating, but in the afternoon, did you get into the bedroom band? basement band garage you know, band thing oh absolutely so you know um later later in my teens i was like really into like learning how to play guitar i like discovered um i discovered punk rock and like metal and i just like was in my room playing guitar all the time and then a little bit older um 15 so i like oh i could do this with a band and we started playing then you know playing in our friend's garage and that's how, did, how I, did you get that first I, guitar? Was it a present or did you ask for it or did you, know, you buy it I, with your own money? I worked and bought with my own money. Yeah, great, <laughs> great. And what about the teaching part? Did you teach yourself, like learn songs off records or did you go to a teacher? You know, I mean, at that time, so I was learning off of records. Yeah, and that's I how like, me and D Boone did. And picking up like magazines and like doing tab- you know, like reading tablature and like it wasn't really my scene though because it was like all like shredder metal stuff. Yeah, a lot yeah. of notes, not a lot of yeah. feel. <laughs> a lot of notes, but not a lot of feel. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Something about that. Yeah, something about that. Well, I think my my pops clued me and he said if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. Hey, you know, if it sounds bad, just turn it up. <laughs> so, uh, that guitar, and you must have got an amp, right? It wasn't an acoustic. It was, uh, oh, no, it wasn't an acoustic. It was an electric guitar. I, I really wanted a rock guitar. It was like this national SG, like Gibson copy okay. of SG. And like, uh, and I, this band, it was probably the drummer's house you jammed. You tell me. <laughs> You, you you nailed it. Yeah, of course it's the drummer's house. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys you know, have a, a name? Little, little Fender Champ Amp. and What's that? Did you guys have a name or was it just a practice band? Oh, no. We had a name. The Nuclear Mutinous Dogs. Now, the Nuclear Mutinous Dogs. What was their first gig like? You know, it was at a house and we played with, um, we played like this, with like this hippie band, but they were like, we thought of them as being hippies, but they were really pretty cool. They were um, kind of like a T-Rex type of band. And we played with like some other like gothic-y punk band at the time. And it was a fucking blast. It All was, right. So you would great. call the gig a success. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, we good sounded terrible, but it was great. And, and the material, was it all like music you guys wrote yourself or did you do yeah. covers? It was all our own stuff. Wow. So you're yeah. you're writing your own stuff. Can you remember the first song you wrote? Uh, you know, I don't. I know how to play it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and was it, was it? Did you write words too, or was it instrumental music? Uh, it was. Um, 
I didn't write the words, but we did have our own. We had a vocalist that wrote his own words. Um, so it wasn't instrumental. Um, it, we, it was, it was really hard, like American hardcore influence for sure. Okay. And how long this band last? You know, we played two or three years, you know, but it's like one of those things, you know, like those are, you know, like those people are like brothers to me still. So like, they're still in my life. One of, them, one of them is. That's so. beautiful. That's beautiful. Music can do that. Keep people together. And what about your music path? It kept going, right? But yeah, you know what? What's a trip? Brother John, I got to say, I don't hear a lot of guitar on this music you gave me. No, You must no. have made a transition somewhere. Yeah, I did. I did. So, like, you know, I was like, after the high school band situation, you know, the high school garage punk band, um, started playing, like, this more of an arty punk band when I was um, late teens, early 20s, called Holy Roden. And it was like really influenced by like German industrial and um, tribal music and cre- like stuff like Wire and post punk stuff and Sonic Youth. And I started like you know playing in this band a lot. And I started we started doing like a lot of tape loops and stuff for between our songs for our gigs. And we used a lot of noise. And I really gravitated towards that. I really liked that part of it. Now, you were still on guitar, right? I was. I was doing guitar, but I started doing, like, tape loops and started, like, messing okay. around with synthesizers, too. Okay, okay. So this is where you make the transition. I want to play so, this music you gave me. Forgotten Places Part 3.
string of paper dolls on a clothesline hung. Best minds the age began.
Live from Pedro Show, that chunk of music star Don Hagen with Forgotten Places Part 3. And Pelican Man, this is me and Petra's uh, musical treatment of Charlie Plamel's Planet Chernobyl poem. Became an opera. This is Part 5 of 15. So, next 10 episodes, we'll play you the next 10 parts one at a time. Reg Bloor, brand new album. Uh, she helped, uh, well, actually, I think it was, uh, yeah, John Meyer conducted, but Reg was running a lot of it when I did the uh, Symphony Number no. 13 of Glen Branca. Alone on the Cyclone from her new album. Pengo, frog suit after that, head boggle, Mise Bay, hip shot dance, itchy self out of Quebec, reprobate, finally, Don Hagen, drunk on clown's blood. Okay, so how, what are these guys called? Rodin? Uh, it was called Holy Rodin. Holy Rodin, yeah. Now, do, do you get... I didn't ask if you recorded with the, the other cats, but did, did you record with them or Holy Rodin? We did... Um, you know, with Nuclear Man and his dogs, we recorded, but we didn't release anything. We gave tapes to our friends. Um, yeah. Roden, um, we actually did record and did a lot of experimentation with with different kinds of media, but we didn't release a whole lot. It was pretty root, you know, grassroots at the time. Like recording in your prac pad? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, we'd record on four track and yeah. make tapes. And were you, in, were you just one of the musicians or were you in charge of the record? I was in charge of like everything with that. Kind of team. <laughs> okay. Like you know, like booking shows, loading up and unloading the van. People um, got to understand that's an important part of punk. It's not really a style of music; it's a way of doing shit. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, I learned yeah. a lot of life lessons with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and and, and hands on, you know, record. I, I love the way a lot of music people are recording themselves these days. Uh, part part of it's the technology's more econo, but I also think it's a change of mind. People are just yeah, I could do that. I could try. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's really cool. I just, you know, it was like the whole, like the punk ethos. Right. And, uh, do it yourself. Right. And so how long does the Holy Road go? We, we were together probably off and on for like almost 10 years. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. And what happened? Just ran its course? Yeah. It kind of ran its course. You know, people changed and we kind of you know grew up grew apart well can i ask you as in those 10 years as a holy rodent did you change because you said you were getting into those tape loops were you leaving the guitar and going towards that area more uh you know and in, in that band i really felt like i could do whatever i wanted to so it was like i was doing tape loops more and stuff but it's still guitar was still important to me and it still is you know the, the immediacy of your instrument is really nice um but I was also like really learning about a lot of other things. I mean, it really, you know, like the nineties were a crazy time yeah. for music. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, I was getting into bands like the X from the Netherlands. Oh and, yeah. They were, but they go way back. They're like yeah. Minutemen days. Yeah. You know, so I mean, but you know, you started picking up like, you know, free jazz through punk and, yeah. you know, learning about like John Cage through Sonic Youth, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it was a pretty wide opening. It was an education. Gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so 
but but you you step uh, kept mainly to guitar and tape loops in the Holy Road, and then yeah, then after that ends, what's the next music move for you? You know, I started doing solo stuff because I was really enjoying doing the tape loops and like this noisier stuff from that band. So I did my started doing my own solo stuff under the name Human Monster. Do you remember and, the first Human Monster gig? Uh, yeah, I do. It was like in a basement, and I had like a huge piece of scrap metal, like sheet metal, like I was dragging across the cement floor with a contact mic. Were you, were you hit to the, uh, a music artist named Zev? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, his whole thing was metal. He almost get killed by the shit. It's hanging by chains and shit. Yeah, yeah. I was, like, I was fortunate enough to book a show for him here. Oh! Like, Years later, and then I was on a on an artist panel with him in New York, which was awesome because he was like a, you know kind of an idol of mine. Yeah, yeah, I always dug him, and I had a cat on. I can't remember his name now, but he was a Chicago cat. He took care of him in his last days when the cancer was killing him. Oh yeah, was it yeah. Blake? That's right, Blake. Great yeah, cat, good dude. Great good cat. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Much respect. Much respect. Definitely. So, so you think you dragging that sheet metal? You. Were, channeling a little Zev there? You know, absolutely. I mean, like, one of the things that was important to me when I was still in high school was, like, I got the um, Industrial Handbook. Oh, yeah. Um, the research book. Sure, um, sure. And, like, Zev was in there and, like, Throbbing Gristle. And, yeah, you know, yeah, that, Throbbing Gristle. If it wasn't for that book, I probably wouldn't have started the band Holy Rodent, which was definitely influenced by all that stuff. Ah, so you didn't, you didn't join Holy Rodent. You actually started it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't know that. And uh, so you, would you consider that first, uh, what is it, Scary Monster? A human monster. Human monster. Yeah, Scary Monsters is an <laughs> Italian promoter named Christian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Senior moment, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, uh, the, the first human monster gig was a success. Yeah. Yeah, great. Love to hear that. Because I always ask that because I've, I've had so much shit thrown at me and stuff, so I, I ask because sometimes somebody has a negative uh, gig, <laughs> but usually they're good ones, which is good news. So, uh, do do you, do you record with a human monster? There is like a tape that I don't even have anymore, but yeah, it there is there is some recordings out there. I would do like one off tapes and like steel glue it to a car door and give it to somebody. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty impractical. Yeah, yeah. I remember once I was at Thirst Pad in New York City, and uh, he's got you know all these records. And this one record, I guess they stuck in the sleeve before it was cool. So it was all stuck. You couldn't play it. It was stuck in there. So, you know, yeah, he's a collector. He's a collector. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the first non-45 uh, I got. It had two holes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one like, you know. About two inches off center, so I was like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, that's, that's when he was interesting. He, I think, turned into a Nazi later. But, uh, so you're man alone for Human Monster. I am, yeah. Okay. When do you begin as Don Hagen? You know, um, that happened about, about 12 years ago. So, I mean, I went from Human Monster, and then in, I started doing Warning Broken Machine, which oh, is another... yeah, we should talk about that. So, yeah, that was I did that for quite a while, you know, probably for eight years. And it was noisier, but I was, like, more influenced. I was more aware, and... Was it still a one-man job? 
It was the okay. one man job. I mean, I would do collaborations, but mostly one man job. Okay. And how would, how would you say it was different from human monster? Um, I moved away from tapes and just doing a lot more just like harsh noise using pedals and contact mics. And, um, it, it was just in the started using building my own stuff at that time too. So I was building my own equipment. And what, and like you said, you only made one tape that you don't even have with human monster, but what about with, uh, this next project? Do you do more record? Yeah. Yeah. It's on a ton of compilations and there's, um, yeah, there are some CDs, um, some tapes, but it was always a lot of, com- a lot of compilations, you know, it's a, the noise scene had actually grew up at that point and the internet took off. Okay. Okay. So you're like trading and sharing stuff with other fellow like-minded people. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and what do we call that community? The C word people. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's important. Huh? I mean, you could be man alone and operate man alone, but it's sure happening when there's like kind of a fucking community. Yeah, absolutely. I, like honestly, I like met all of my close friend, friends through music. Really? You know, yeah. So, you would know. you say that music's a lifeline? Because I, I truly believe that. You know, I think that the creative life is a lifeline. You know, it's like people who are creative, however they live, you know, is the lifeline. Ah, oh, you mean whatever medium they uh, choose to express himself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want. We don't hang around a bunch of stiffs. That's right. That's right. There's too much of that already. <laughs> they already <laughs> filled that quota. But Dom, we're at the beginning. No, we're at the end of the first hour. May five, Cinco de Mayo, 2023 edition. Show special guest Don Hoggett. Hold tight for hour two. May 5, 2023, it's second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Watt for Pedro show. Yeah, we're just tripping out on Watt Pedro show in two weeks is going to be fucking 22 years old. And we started the second hour off with Black Ruin Air. That is a title. Uh, brand new Arabia Saudata from uh, Milano in Italy with Ecuador. All the tunes are named after South American countries. Don Hagen and Michael Esposito with Keep Praise the Doctor. So, this is the first uh, collab that I played on the show. T- t- tell me about Michael Esposito. Yeah, he um, uses um, EVP recordings, um, electro voice phenomenon recordings, and he put together like this um, fundraiser during the pandemic. Um, he sent like all these artists um, some of his recordings. He sent all of us the same recordings of like five different clips, you know, and. Everybody just made their tracks based off of that, off what he sent. And there's like over a hundred tracks on this compilation. And a lot of them aren't unique. Well, they're unique because of the collab part, right? Because they but they have a lot of them have the same core, right? The what he gave to start the ball rolling. Yeah, it's like this like staticky voice type stuff. So there are like a million ways to fucking uh, react to it, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah that it was smart. It was like he provided the canvas. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, and how'd you meet him? You know, I met him through uh, a mutual friend, um, Scott Jenrick. Okay, um, that's how it works. Yep, that's, that's how, how it works, man. Now, this Black Ruin Air, this, let's talk about titles. When do they come in your composition process? You know, they, um, they come usually when I'm done or if I'm getting close to being finished and um, that's that's it's when they come to me. They come to me when they come to me, Mike. You know, you never know. Sometimes okay. you know I don't go in with a title first. It, it's like you, know, you don't want to name your baby until it's born. Yeah, but that's why I asked that question because I do name my babies before they're born because I can't write a song. I need something to focus on. But that's why I asked that question because like hardly anybody does that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did have somebody on a couple of days ago. They said, yeah, because then you know how to, you know, rally everything to aid and abet. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, sometimes, I mean, sometimes, um, it, sometimes I'll have the inspiration first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it happens, but it doesn't happen very often. Normally it's a process. And, you know, for me, it's like all about the process. I love making the music more than anything. Right. But then, yeah, you have to give it a name, gave the baby a name. So, Wow, Black Ruin Air. <laughs> <laughs> That's uplifting, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And what about Keep Praise the Doctor? Now, did Michael supply any titles? He just supplied the, the, the music you wanted, he wanted you guys to play off of? Yeah, so the stuff he sent us was, like, not music. He sent off, like, these, he sent these, 
this um well that was track. kind of a cajun cajun right because what is music right 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 so he like he sent off these tracks and like um it was different you know he had them named different things and ah, okay i i like i picked the words out from what he thought he heard in the evps yeah and so i kind of took them and morphed them around to something that made sense to me <laughs> and you never checked in with him whether he really said that <laughs> no no <laughs> okay 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 here's wire two
Watt from Pedro show. Fucking hit. Mute the monitor, you fucking idiot. Watt, you've been doing 22 years. You're still blowing clams. Wire 2. Wire with uh, Roman numeral 2, people. Uh, I know he said he was influenced by Wire, but maybe. Don Hagen. And then Scraper Papers after that with Nature. And then what was the title of that third guy? The Silent Blind Tines. Silent Blind Tines, people. There was a little pilot error there, but Don came to the rescue and saved my sorry ass. Yes. And uh, so, do you remember the first gig you did as Don Hagen? I do, yes. Now, how did that differ from scraping, dragging the, the you know, the thing uh, uh, Zev uh, influenced? <laughs> the sheet metal and contact yeah, right, mics? Right. You know, it's like, you know, I was, you know, it was a about 12 years ago, older, slower mind, a little bit calmer, a little bit less angry at the world. Um, I was taking things a lot slower and more thought out and started going with more continuous long tones and, you know, a little bit less pissed at the world, you know? And you evolved out of the tape loop thing totally, right? You know, it comes back sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I haven't given up on tape. Okay. And, you know, off air, you were enlightening me the fact that, yeah, you used a hearing, aid, hearing uh, test machine to as a musical instrument. Yeah. So so what went into Wire 2 and, yeah, the silence? Yeah, Wire 2 is like I did, a, I did an entire album with, the um, only thing I was using was 100 feet of galvanized five-pound steel wire. And I stretched that motherfucker across my my backyard. Yeah. Hooked, hooked up a contact mic to it. Yeah. And just l- recorded it, and like would rub my fingers on it. It would rain. I would the wind would blow it, and that's what that is. You mean like the contact mic was one on, on one end of it, or was yeah. it in the middle? Or okay, it was on so one end. So if you touched on the other end, it'd have to go through all that fucking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And resonance and all the strip. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, I was using galvanized steel. It's like yeah. really dead tone. Right. Right. Fire. Okay. So not a lot of resonance. No. Trippy. Trippy. No. trippy. So you think the materials that you choose to work with kind of dictates the piece? It does. It does. Uh, I like, really try hard not to repeat myself with, uh, with what I'm using. And, and that I kind of, uh, so the, the, the fundamentals, the situation that you set up, right, is really important that way. It is, it is. And, so, and so on the conceptual level, you're, you're looking for some fertile ground, right? Yeah, you know, it's like I could, anything could be musical for, you know, anything that I absolutely, can make sound out absolutely. of, I could use. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. And so how do you, what, what nails it for you? You know, um, you know, it's like when you could feel it. You could feel it like when when something works, you could just feel it inside. Do you ever cut rope? Like, whoa, this ain't happening. All the time. Oh, okay. So the there time. there must be an art to that. Like, so you don't waste your fucking time. Right? You know, like, hey, I tried this, didn't happen. Let's try another approach. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes you know, like again, you know, that's like when the 
like the punk rocker in me comes out a little bit. It's like, yeah, this yeah. isn't fucking working. Let's turn right. it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, with a certain amount of volume, anything works, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of like duct tape. Exactly. I mean, that's like, that's like this wire project. It was like, yeah, it was, yeah. I, I had the, oh, that's why the name. Yeah. Fuck. Of course. So that's why, like, you know, like, you know, it's like I was recording, I was like, recording, I was like, fuck, this is boring. It doesn't sound like anything. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, so I'm like, just cranking it up. <laughs> well, did you ever investigate, like, field shit? Like, field recording? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I, I I definitely do, but you know, I'm not one to go out and record like seagulls and stuff. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's sort of like <laughs> photography out in the wild, right? You can't really set up the shots; you got to wait for it to happen. Yeah, but I mean, I'll go out and record stuff, and then I'll never use it. So I have like you know hours of like Brickley and Brooks, you know, streams and shit, but I'm never <laughs> going to use it. <laughs> so. That was going to be another question. You do have like a library, a trove, an archive. Sort of, but like I'm really bad about that stuff. I mean, it's I'll record it with the idea of going back to it. But yeah. when I sit down to do stuff, I'm looking forward and not so much backwards. You know, and also the, the way, how do you like, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, give the tags. How do you know what it is, you know, without having to listen to the whole fucking thing again? <laughs> Well, you know, it's because I spend time with it. Okay. Yeah, I spend some time with it. And, you know, I'm really, like I said, like naming my babies. But, you know, I name the babies and I forget about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they got their own lives, right? They got to live their yeah. own lives. Right? You know, I don't like looking back so much. It's like I like to just – it's I like making more. So it's like I'm always like in the moment. So like you not having that tape of that human monster, that ain't an accident. You just don't – you know, you move on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't had it for 20 years. <laughs> so, like, you know, does it make me miss my lunch? No, no, it was a chapter, and yeah, and the, the story continues. Right, right. Exactly. Like fucking time, the freight train that won't fucking stop. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the second hour, May 5, 2023 edition. What Peter's special guest, Doug Hagen. Hold tight for hour three. May 5, 2023. It's the third hour of the Walk from Pedro show. Thank you. 
Life from Pedro Show. Start off the third hour. Don Hagen, personal business from North Carolina. Eugene Chadbourne, Zurich Dobro Breakdown. And then finally, Don Hagen, Silent Blind Tines. Tines, people, is how a fucking Fender Rhodes works. Uh, this keyboard, yeah, they're little thick pieces of... Well, they ain't too thick, but they ain't real thin either. They're kind of like a metal reed. And that's how they work. And the way you tune them is you extend them or you uh, retract them up. And they got their own sound. Uh, Leo Fender, you know, he could play piano. He didn't play bass or guitar, but he did play piano. So uh, trippy kind. And the Fender Rhodes has a sound. So I'm curious about the top. Were you thinking anything about a Fender Rhodes there, Don, about silent blind tines? Uh, I was not. I was okay. not. I do. I do appreciate those instruments. They sound beautiful. You know, uh, um, you you're aware of screamers, right? Oh yeah. Okay, Paul Rossler played a Fender Rhodes through a fuzz tone, so it'd be like kind of a fuzz guitar. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so sick. It's like I just listened to the screamers a couple weeks ago. It still blows my mind. Ah, what like the Target video stuff or or. Because they wouldn't make real recording. They made a demo thing, but they thought records were over. They were only going to make videos. Yeah, so like they made, like they released the demos like That's last year. Right. That's it's right. so good. And there's live recordings and shit like at the Mabuhe. And they were the first band that could sell out the whiskey. Not even a guitar, people. If you can believe 70s punk, it wasn't all real fast music yet. Guitar music. That kind of happened with hardcore in the early 80s. Uh Personal business. Tell me about that, too. Personal business. So that was a, a male art collaboration with Hal McGee in Florida. He's like a longtime tape trader. And uh, when, you mean collab, like little... when you mean collab, because you didn't put his name in the project. It, it wasn't a collab. Oh, okay. So he just it's a male art project. So what he did, he sent out these three inches, three inch CDRs to a handful of artists and with this theme and it was just like we'd record it send one to an address he sent to me and then one back to him and you know he would the artists so we'd get um copies from other artists of different tracks that they worked with and it was something that was going on um back in 2022 and so this is for the little three inch cdr so i made two copies of that one for hal and one for somebody i don't remember their name Whoa. Okay. So, little Taskmaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the dude's been doing this for ever, for decades, like back in the cassette tape trading days. Ah, you know about uh, Al Margolis? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I got a project going with him and fucking Walter Wright. Oh, he he right calls on. it Ponzi. Same kind of. Th- yeah, these guys, they, yeah, they get other cats going. They, they assign a proj or something. Yeah. And he, he started with the cassette culture, right? And then moved on to CDR in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Okay. Here's the feeling of self-satisfaction from leading others astray. This is the big baby, people.
Bye for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Yeah, the whole enchilada of the feeling of satisfa- self-satisfaction from leading others astray. Don Hagen. And then Tim Hill with French Sweet number two. Sort of like Wire 2, right? And finally, Don Hagen. Panglossian auto-destruct button. I was thinking of like all those fucking ways Mission Impossible started. Remember, because after the little tape machine gives him the job, it has to fucking push the self-destruct button, right? Some smoke comes up or some shit. Yep. Yeah. So off there, you were telling me how these babies are actually um, recorded. Yeah, I I do them all live. You know, so it's like usually don't do much um, anything after it's recorded live. I will trim things down, but they're all recorded live. You know, usually in front of people, but not always. Does it make a difference? It does. It does make a difference. You know, um, like location makes a big difference too. So like depending on the room I'm in and like the sound system and like what the audience is like, you know, if I like them or not, or if, you know, if you're playing in a bar or a gallery, it's going to be no, a different. No, here's the best one. Sports bar with ten fucking TVs going with different channels. Oh, <laughs> I, I would love that. Ah, <laughs> the horror, the horror. Okay, so do you like going to GG Allen mode or what? You know, no, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like. I'm not real big on spectacle, honestly. Um, I would. I mean, people would probably say it was a spectacle because I'd probably be throwing sheet metal around and I would <laughs> yell at people. And stuff. I'm a little bit less angry though now, so I don't know. I mean, I'll probably just drown them out with bass tones. <sighs> okay, so what about the folded arm, uh, hand on the chin, that kind of thing? Oh, that's the worst. That, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think that's worse than getting like even a D-sized battery getting thrown at you is bad. <laughs> right. Well, batteries do hurt. Yeah, fuck so. yeah. <laughs> I got but, hit you know, square like, in the chest with one at a flipper gig. It was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> hey, who has not been hit at a flipper gig? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, the, the, the funniest shit ever thrown at me was uh, like, I don't know, a dozen used condoms in Vienna. Oh, like the yeah. note, all the it was the first note of the f- first tune, and all the power went off. When it comes back on, these things are hanging on my body, on the neck of the bass. I was thinking, somebody did a little bit of labor, a little bit of effort <laughs> in this. <laughs> like, what did they do? Carrying those around with them in their yeah, pocket? Yeah, <laughs> wearing them on their nose, their ear. I don't know. I don't know. So, sacks of shit, sacks of puke, paper ones that rip when they uh, get up there on you. Yeah, terrible things. So, so, do you ever uh, like like at home? Do you have a, a recording setup? You know, um, I live in a pretty small house, and I have kids and family, so like I put stuff away. But I have a far track, and I all record like on a little portable digital recorder through a mixer. Yeah. But I don't have anything permanently set up. Okay, okay. So that's why a lot of the these things are taking place at gigs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And what do you got planned? Uh, well, let me f- first ask you, where can people find more info about you on the internet? Well, you know, I, I'm kind of a recluse when it comes to that, but um, I do have a band camp. Okay. So it's donhaugen.bandcamp.com. Um, people, D-O-N-H-A-U-G-E-N. Yes, you Bandcamp. got it. Bandcamp.com. Yeah, yeah. And what's your next plan? What's your next, uh, yeah. 
for you know, I'm gonna record. I'm gonna plan doing some recordings. I have some have some concepts I really want to get out, and um, some, hopefully some live shows. You know, like I'm still a little doing smaller shows now, but um, hopefully putting out some vinyl soon. And what's this concept you want to record? Oh, uh, you know. Um, you had to ask, Mike. You had to ask. I know, man. Just because you I, mentioned it, Don. <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking about like using. I'm going back to the idea of using um, like piano wire. Yeah. And um, using it with magnets and recording, putting contact mics in different spots, but using like long pieces of piano wire, so it'll be more resonant. And with magnets and trying to create like these lush drones with that okay okay lush pretty drones minimal. yeah pretty minimal yeah but you've left that uh fucking ear testing machine behind oh for now but okay. no I mean, that, was, that was actually just like just recorded like back in february so wow not that long ago no not that long ago wow Really interesting. I would have guessed in a million years that's what it was. But I'm really intrigued by these magnets in the wire. Because, yeah, trippy thing. I mean, you know, physical, mechanical properties that give, uh, you know, let you, let you, let your freak flag fly. Express yourself. <laughs> love it. Love it. And I don't know. Uh, you know, it seems a lot of cats start bringing in visual. Are you into that, like slides or lights? Or... You know, I have. I I do. I'm a graphic designer by by profession, and I do video work for for my live livelihood. I don't. I shy away from it. For, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't fucking blame you. Yeah, no problem. I didn't know that, but <laughs> I could understand. Yeah, I want to do this to get away from work. Yeah, shit. <laughs> like like the smell of a kitchen, right? Other people might love that chow, but you're there every fucking day. You don't want to chow that. Well, look, can I put an invite when you get this new wire and magnet kind of dealio going and recorded and done? Will you come back on the show and we can play it and you can rap to me about it? I'd love to. Yeah, I would love that, Mike. Okay, that's beautiful, beautiful. Please keep on, keep, keep it on, Brother Don, please. People, May 5, 2023 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.